The EPL show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Right now to honor football, MyBookie is offering up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. That's right, up to $1,000 in bonus bets on your first deposit when you use the promo code SGP. Play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code SGP. That's manscaped, M-A-S-C-A-P-E-D.com and use the promo code SGP. And finally, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by PropSwap. PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com to find better odds than your local book. Plus, when you use the promo code SGP, you get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. Hey guys, you are listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. Follow me on Twitter at LockBetting and check out my website, LockBetting.com. We're coming off a EPL show where we landed both of our locks last time out. That was much needed because we had gone a little bit of a dry run. We hope to continue that as we finish out the year of 2020 here on the EPL show, a year which saw us in the last season 47 and 11 on our locks and um, pretty much go around about 7, 8 out of 10 on all of the shows um, at the end of the end of last season but obviously this year has been a little bit more difficult which has been down mainly to the major inconsistencies of some of the teams here this season um, still think we are hitting the, the, the 6, 7 out of 10 mark so it's no means of disaster in addition to that we're also picking out a lot of underdogs last time out the underdog show uh, the underdog play on the show with West Ham really should have cashed big time especially on the double chance market losing the game in the 96th minute and losing the game from 1-0 up I think West Ham's Pellegrini could be the next manager on the chopping block and um, he could go as early as um as early as the the, the time of the time about the FA Cup game start, because I think he's obviously going to get this Christmas period. Um, I think if he loses the next game, which is very very difficult, which is this home game against Leicester, then he could be gone. Leicester themselves are in a difficult situation now with no win in three after being previously touted as um, shock title contenders. Um, there are no title contenders. The the race is over, which is kind of why these shows 
feel a little bit redundant. Obviously, it makes no difference in terms of a betting capacity because we still have to judge the bets and there still will be things to bet on and there still seems to be games to play. But it just always feels a little bit more flat when there is no <coughs> genuine title race and there's not even going to be a possibility of there being one now. I mean, the title is so, so dumb. It's just a case of what accolades Liverpool go on to win it with now at this juncture so um, it, as I said it does feel weird no Premier League title race there is a race for the top four obviously there's um, there's races for Europa League places um, relegation battles will be on so there's, st- there's still stuff to play for and nothing should be too skewed um, in terms of that it, it shouldn't make too much difference in terms of how we judge the games what we win I mean the thing is just judgmentally it's been a difficult year anyway in terms of teams failing to bounce back from bad situations um, we're, we're still awaiting the recovery of Arsenal to to be a top six team we're still looking at um, Tottenham finding more consistency Man United seem to have this very weird pattern where they, they beat the big teams and then and then lose the uh, lose to the poor teams kind of like a Robin Hood syndrome it's kind of been joked about uh, in a few memes and things here but um, looking at these games this week there's nothing really that uh, that stands out in terms of um, in terms of being a super lock or there isn't a whole host of games last time there were a few games that I liked and that, that did translate to us ended up going three and one with the picks that we officially ended up playing. Um, one of the picks we didn't play was Aston Villa. I regret not playing that one. Um, the only loss we ended up having was um, was taking Arsenal on the uh, on the first game of Mikel Arteta. Some of these things are, are automatic blind plays that have always worked in soccer in terms of um, new manager bounce. Uh, I'll always play the the new manager situation, especially when it's a, a top half team. I, the only reason I, time I won't is when um, poor teams are in relegation scraps and uh, are facing impossible tasks so I'm not going to take Watford for example at Anfield but Watford in their second game in charge where it was a home game for Watford you'll notice that they would have, they, they did go on and win that game so there is definitely something to that trend but this Arsenal team just seem to be a team that aren't playing for any manager at all because Bournemouth are in a very very poor run of form and shouldn't have and, and shouldn't have been shouldn't have been able to stop Arsenal from winning that game Uh, it was an ideal situation Arsenal getting Bournemouth and definitely not usually a sentence I would use an ideal situation getting Bournemouth at Bournemouth because Bournemouth have a very intimidating ground to play on a very small tiny ground where teams go don't like going to it's not Premier League like and it really does favour the Bournemouth players but lately Bournemouth have been poor there haven't been scoring a lot of goals it's a favourable situation for Arsenal and uh, it does concern you uh, if you're an Arsenal fan to see what is it going to take it's, they didn't play for Lundberg they obviously didn't play for um the previous manager on the way out but then when when Lundberg comes in as an ex-player you would think that maybe maybe they would end up playing for him but uh, they did play for him and Mikel Arteta who Arsenal made a big effort to get has installed there permanently and, and, and they don't turn up for him either so this is just a bad team this is just a bad this is just a bad spirit in the camp but there's just some bad apples there I mean is what is the um what is the situation? How is it going to get resolved? Uh, getting rid of Emery hasn't resolved it. Freddie Lundberg certainly didn't. And uh, Mikel Arteta, as I would say, I would surmise it as a disappointing start. Um, another way to look at it, if, if you're optimistic as a Bournemouth fan, would be we, we, we 
maybe hopefully turn the corner here and um, got ourselves a positive point at home to Arsenal we can build on that as we're now in a relegation scrap and the game here that starts off the week between Brighton and Bournemouth is essentially a relegation scrap at this point in time with uh, Brighton places in 19 to 20 favourites to win it it's 37 to 13 to draw and it's 90 to 5 on Bournemouth um for me, I think I would lean towards Arsenal just being poor. And um, I, th- I think Bournemouth are in a relegation dogfight here. And um, I can't see how they pick up anything from this game because Brighton themselves seem to be due a positive result. They played very well at Tottenham and got themselves beaten. Um, they dominated the game against Sheffield United and lost. They dominated away to Crystal Palace and only got a draw. So they've only got one point to show out of a possible nine from three performances where they haven't played too badly. So they seem to be due a win, and this could be the situation where they get one. I'd probably scale it back to the draw-no-bet market and um, probably bet it with other things. Or not bet it at all, but I know that as a 12-day kickoff, there's going to be the temptation to bet it because it's the standalone game and um, isn't like the 3 o'clock games that are accompanied by others. So um, I would try and avoid that temptation, certainly, but... um, Brighton here gets to come home after playing the the first game of the um, of the second half of the Christmas period away to Tottenham. We locked Tottenham in that one. It's always going to be a difficult game for Brighton, but I didn't expect Brighton to to play that well, to be lean at half time, to make us sweat it out as difficultly as that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's everything's been a sweat this season. Um, I can't remember too many locks that have just sailed in. And, um, yeah, I'll take it any way that we can, obviously. But um, I think Brighton did very well there. Now they get to come home. And it's Bournemouth now to have to travel up to Brighton after that one-all draw against Arsenal. I just think that um, it will be a false dawn because... um, getting the scalp of Arsenal or getting a draw against Arsenal just just isn't what it used to mean and um, I guess this this weekend will be a real reflection of how bad Arsenal are because they're in a game of the week against Chelsea but here I'm going to just lean towards uh, Arsenal being bad and uh, Bournemouth's point not meaning much and Brighton beating them here and um then Bournemouth realising that they really, really are in a, in a, in a dogfight and Eddie Howe has a lot of work to do. And I imagine that Eddie Howe would do his usual thing of um, deliberately exiting the FA Cup by putting out a very weak team, which the supporters are going to hate because after so many years of Premier League stability, you would think that Bournemouth would be trying to compete in the cup competitions, but they're not, which has annoyed some of the fans. But I think this season you would almost excuse it because they are legitimately in a relegation battle and don't usually and don't have the usual sense of mid-table security up next you look at two teams that um, that, that are edging towards mid-table security you have Newcastle at 11-4 to 5-2 to uh, on the, the draw and 6-5 to five on Everton um Everton coming off a win at home to Burnley. That was another one of our locks. We had a double lock last time it landed. Ancelotti wins his first game in charge. Goes to Newcastle here, who have just been smashed 4-1 away to Manchester United. For me, um, it would be too easy to take Everton here at a short price and just say Ancelotti is going to go on some kind of winning run. I don't think the Premier League works that way. Even his first win wasn't overly as overly impressive, I would say. Um, and he certainly hasn't had time to implement his ways into the club. This is just basically a case of just coming in during a busy period. Whatever will be, will be. I think if, much like Duncan Ferguson, he'll be looking to come out of it unscathed. So a draw here is actually not a bad result for Everton, even though the bookies have them as 
the strong favourites. And I think Newcastle would take the draw as well. Uh, there's certainly value here in the draw at 5-2. to two, But for me, I think um, this game we could be looking at a nil-nil, a 1-0 either way, or a maximum one-all draw. Uh, I certainly would be leaning towards the, the under in this contest. Neither of these two teams have really shown themselves to be uh, massive goal-scoring teams. And when you're getting the under here at 4-5, I think it's definitely a viable bet and uh, certainly one I'll be playing in this game. Southampton versus uh, Crystal Palace. Southampton here at even money, 27 to 10 to draw and 33 to 10 off New off, uh, off of Palace. Um, Palace came back from, from 1-0 down against a rested West Ham team with a proper banged up squad of players and this has just been an unbelievable season so far for Crystal Palace who've massively overachieved and uh, they could end up getting a Europa League spot if they managed to hold on to Wilfred Zaha for the second half of the season or maybe even challenge for a cup whereas Southampton are just looking to stay up in this league and got a massive bonus of a shock win at Chelsea last time out I think this could be time to cue a letdown I don't see Southampton winning back-to-back games Crystal Palace are a live underdog here at over three to one but I like them here on the double chance market at around about even money to avoid the defeat here at Southampton. Up next, you're looking at Wolves and Aston Villa, where Wolves at what? Sorry, Watford and Aston Villa. Um, you're looking at Watford here around about the even money mark, three to one a draw, and fourteen to five on the Villa. Uh, yeah, Watford look much better now under the new manager. Uh, they got that win against Manchester United. A good point at Sheffield United as well. So, so far, the manager's picked up four points out of nine, but it's looked good in every single game. They should be good enough to beat Villa, but Villa are a better team than them on paper and um, did come off the back of a 1-0 win against Norwich, which which sort of eased them towards... Um, the safety zone, but not quite there yet. I mean, they're, they're going to need a lot more wins to stay up and uh, they're going to need to avoid losing in places like this. I don't know whether they will or won't, but what I do know is that Watford have mainly set out defensively to make sure that they're difficult to beat and then try and win the game if they can. That certainly was the strategy that they've implemented so far. <coughs> they got lucky against Man United. They got unlucky against Liverpool and... Um, and against Sheffield United, uh, uh, it was it was a one-all draw, and I'm expecting a similar game here. Um, but the consistent path, the, the consistent thing that I've seen here is under 2.5 goals in these Watford Pearson games, and uh, you're getting that one at an underdog price here of um, seven to five. Don't know why. Not going to argue with it. Just take the under here and the Watford Villa game. So uh, Pearson moves to four and zero on the under 2.5 market. Up next, you got Norwich. Hosting at Tottenham, where Norwich are the four to one underdogs at sixteen to five, the draw, and it's fourteen to nine best price on Tottenham. Tottenham need to go on some kind of consistent run. Um, their runs have been broken up with losses against Mourinho's ex-teams. I know he's going to be hating that, the fact that he lost to his apprentice, Frank Lampard, and obviously then went to Old Trafford and lost as well. But around as the side of that, those losses have been have, have seen his team beat inferior opposition at home and away, and Norwich are certainly inferior to Tottenham. Norwich are already down and will probably be already looking at next season. They'll fight, they'll step their scrappy team they'll fight a lot of players here will be fighting because they're looking for moves in the Premier League I think Timo Puki will be an attractive player for people to buy next season I think Todd Cantwell may be somebody that could stay in the Premier League but Norwich won't and um, I don't think they'll be winning games like this at home to Tottenham and even though they have beaten Man City at home 
which a lot of people point to. Um, they've they've really struggled in the since that result, where teams have really found out who Norwich are. And uh, for me, you would really expect Tottenham to go out and win this game. Up next, you're looking at West Ham versus Leicester. Spoke about this game earlier. Leicester are the even money favourites despite not winning in three. West Ham's manager's job's on the line. They're three to one underdogs at home. It's 56 to 19 to draw. This represents a good bounce back opportunity. And from the West Ham fans I speak to, I don't think they'll even mind losing this game because I think it will spill the end, spell the end of Pellegrini. He's not going to get sacked, whatever the result is in this game, even if Leicester beat them 9 0 like they did away to Southampton. But I do think after the January 2nd game, Game goes and we move into the FA Cup ties that does represent an opportunity for Pellegrini to get the sack I don't think he's going to get any money to spend on his West Ham team I don't think they trust him I think he's as good as gone and um, I think this result will cement that once they lose to Leicester and Leicester have the opportunity to bounce back after not winning any games in the last three which will be disappointing to them after having such a good start uh, to the campaign up next is Burnley versus Man U, where Burnley are the 15 to 4 underdogs. It's 29 to 10 to draw, and it's 6 to 7 on Manchester United. As we spoke about Man United earlier, they have a Robin Hood syndrome of um, beating the rich and losing to the poor. And um, this is what they do they, they turn up and make a monumental effort against the big clubs, and then they inevitably let me down with the likes of. Uh, uh, Everton, where they've dropped points at home, they they lost that they lost away to Watford. So this kind of represents the, uh, the the same sort of pattern, and it makes it very very difficult to take Man United in this situation. So I'm not going to, even though I'm a Man United fan, I will lean towards Burnley at the double chance here, and it's certainly worth doing when you're getting Burnley at massive underdog prices here of uh, six to five here to avoid a defeat against Manchester United, who are the, the strong favourites to to win this game, and uh, I don't agree with that personally, as, even as a Man U fan. Moving on to Sunday's games, and we start with a game in a week where it's Arsenal versus Chelsea. Arsenal are 37 to 19 underdogs here, and it's 17 to 12 on a Chelsea team. It just got beaten at home to Southampton, and uh, 14 to 5 the draw. This one's weird because you really don't know what way to go with it. I mean, you, your initial reaction would be goals, but the goals haven't really been flowing in on, on games where they're priced up to say to see a ton of goals. I mean, a lot of a lot of situations where nailed on both teams to scores haven't come in so I'll give you an example the game I watched today between Le uh, Leicester and Liverpool so it's been a difficult season for that especially when you're taking it at short prices and whereas I don't really dispute the fact that both teams will score because the defences are so bad I don't know how uh, I don't necessarily think this is going to go way, way over. The interesting bet here is the under 3.5. I think when two teams know that they're so bad at defence and they're facing um, decent attacks, they may make a real conscious effort to tighten up. I think Mikel Arteta's main priority in, when he goes into Arsenal is to sort, sort out the defence and knows that the attack may may deal may sort itself out or may take care of itself with Lacazette, Pepe and Aubameyang up there. I don't think attack's the problem. Whereas with Chelsea, it's just the style of football which is going to be um which is going to be conducive to a lot of goals in their games but once teams sit back sit back against them and they can't break them down and hit them on a counter-attack you get results like the result you got against Southampton so there is a blueprint here for Arsenal to win this game and Mikel Arteta could carry it out and, and pull out the strategy for Arsenal to get the win they would be my lean um, I like Arsenal in the double chance market to avoid a defeat here I think it's very unlikely that Chelsea 
go um, back-to-back wins in North London, especially after being so inconsistent at the moment on their own patch. But uh, Arsenal double chance would be my bet. And then the under 3.5, because I think it's way, way too big here. Getting the under 3.5 here at, um, just checking this price again for you, at um, 3 to 4, which is uh, minus 125. Yeah, that's um, that's way too, uh, oh, sorry, is it minus 125? I'm not sure what it is US price, but it's three to four. Um, it's just way, it's way too, um, it's way too much value in that for me. I, you're basically saying that um, it's it's almost nailed on that there's going to be a, a goal fest here, and it's not because it's not how it works out. When when two teams are aware of that, they they do a, they do a t- adjust tactically for these things. Um, Liverpool versus Wolves is next. As I said, Liverpool are already the champions. Um, in this situation, they are the one to, uh, one to three favourites to win this game. It's five to one to draw, and it's twenty-one to twenty on Wolves. Um, it's difficult to know what to do here after such a good performance against Leicester. You'd automatically point to the minus one, but um, this is Wolves. They're they're a team that have scored in all of their games this season so they're a very competitive team uh, Liverpool have found it very difficult to get clean sheets this season especially at home so if Wolves score are you confident in Liverpool scoring three I don't think so um, you're better off just taking Liverpool to win this game coupled with the over 2.5 that gives you the security that both teams to score doesn't so you're not necessarily relying on a Wolves goal you just need three goals in this game and for Liverpool to win it and I think that does represent a likely scenario Finally, we have Manchester City versus Sheffield United, where Man City are one to four favourites. It's six to one a draw, and it's thirteen to one on Sheffield United. That is quite big on Sheffield United when you look at the league positions, you look at what they've done this season. But I think City are very viable, liable to to spank somebody quite soon. Um, it's been a difficult season for them so far. Um, the minus one here represents incredible value here in, in, in this market of five to six. I do think that this minus one or minus 1.5 Asian line is going to get covered here. And um, I think Sheffield United could be the recipients of, of a hammering, especially with Sergio Aguero back keen to make an impression as well and especially after what happened to um, Manchester City today in the game against Wolverhampton Wanderers where they led by two goals to nil and only had 10 men uh, obviously as well but um, to lose that game we're very disappointed by Pep Guardiola and even though the title's over they will still want to finish second and they will still want to put out some kind of reaction so I expect Manchester City to bounce back here with an emphatic win and cover their minus 1.5 handicap closing out the show with a lock dog parlay um it's a difficult one um because for so long i sort of earmarked tottenham in this situation i thought tottenham would go on some kind of run um i also did like the um the under in a newcastle everton game they were my two favorites but i've sort of shifted my my thinking here and after what i saw from from man city today i i automatically decided that the the next team in line are likely to be the victims of a um of a spanking and i and I do stand by that. As good as Sheffield United have been this season, I think this is a 
difficult game for them to go to. I think also complacency is going to set in. It's the Christmas period. Um, they're safe now. Uh, it's only natural for them to to kind of enjoy it a little bit, enjoy the fact that they know they're going to be playing Premier League football again this season. They've probably had a little bit of a relaxed Christmas. They certainly came out poorly against Watford in the first half. Obviously a lot better in the second. Um, ended up getting a one-all draw. But even that isn't really the result they would have been hoping for. And I think here, um, a lot of signs point to to a bit of a spanking. I think City will will want to forget about what happened today and and, and just beat the piss out of somebody. And it could be Sheffield United. They could be the victims of that on Sunday. Televised game as well. So, uh, yeah, as I said, a lot of it for me points to, um, points to a, a relatively comfortable win for Man City. So that's what I'm going to be locking up. As for the dog play, um, isn't really a load of dog value knocking about. I guess Burnley could beat Man United if, if, if everything runs according to the pattern that we've been seeing this season. But I think Arsenal... Arsenal are the best dog. Um, as I said, the blueprint is there for, for Chelsea. If Mikel Arteta can can discipline his team um, in order to in order to contain this Chelsea attack, uh, there will be opportunities to to get goals. And Arsenal have a lot better players in Southampton with the likes of Pepe, Aubameyang, and Lacazette. So you could you could easily see Arsenal winning this game as an underdog. The other underdog I liked earlier, as I mentioned, was Crystal Palace at Southampton. As for a parlay here, that's um, that's really difficult um, in terms of um, adding a third team to it. Liverpool and Man City, I would say, are definites for on Sunday, and they will bolster any parlay selection. But the third tier is very difficult. Um, I'm going to add Tottenham, though, because I didn't take Tottenham as a lock, and I do think they'll be too good to win at Norwich, and I do think that... Um, I do think inevitably, despite the fact they lost to Chelsea, they are the better team, and they will end up finishing fourth. Um, Man United could get into that race if they can find some consistency. If they can find a way to beat these teams like Burnley away from home, teams that they're better, and better than, but tactically they don't they got these young players they haven't found a way to break teams down they sit back against um, against teams that play football Man United are excellent against teams that actually want to come out and play I was, I was surprised even though I did take it as a as a play um, our members were given Manchester United in play as soon as Newcastle scored because I did feel Man United would end up having too much firepower to lose that game to Newcastle I didn't see a emphatic 4-1 defeat and um, that was also down to Newcastle not being very Newcastle like they seem to lose their organisation there and again I don't if that comes down to the Christmas period just a little bit of uh, brain fatigue maybe and um and things of that nature setting in because it's difficult to play so many games in so many days which is why I don't like to have big massive stakes on these games either so we will be keeping it conservative over this Christmas period even if you do sign over, sign up to lockbetting.com uh, don't be looking for two three unit plays on the Premier League especially during this period because it is a bit of a lottery but hopefully we can close out with a with some winners here on the final uh, the final set of games of the millennium here as well and uh, of the EPL show season here 
of 2019 and uh, going to 2020 with a 20 and 11 lock record here with uh, Manchester City coming through on the Asian handicap. That's it for this edition of the EPL show. There'll be another one in just a couple of days for those crazy January the 1st fixtures. And then after that, the EPL show will move on to covering the FA Cup. And then, of course, the European show will return on lockbetting.com because the European teams did have a break, but the crazy English clubs carried on playing all through the Christmas period. But I'm sure you guys have enjoyed all these games as I have done, and we still have two more to come. That's it from me. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening, guys. Afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I- I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, it- is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.